Foundation debuted September 24th. In Apple's latest attempt to gatecrash the streaming service industry, they've adapted Isaac Asimov's most famous book series, a feat that many thought was impossible given its vast timeline and expansive story. Creator David S. Goyer, best known for writing the Dark Knight trilogy, and Josh Friedman, who's written the next James Cameron Avatar sequel, started developing the series in 2017 with an eight-season plan. Today we discuss the first two episodes, The Emperor's Peace and Preparing to Live. You ready? Yep. Let's begin. For those who don't follow our usual format for this podcast, usually one of us watches the show and the other one researches it, and then we talk about it. But I was so excited for this show, I insisted that I, I could also watch the first two episodes. So we both know what happened, and I know a little bit of the background information, but we're basically going to talk about the plot of the first two because it's so dense. Out of all the shows that we've watched together, I'm glad that we both watched it because, yeah, there's just so much information jam-packed. Even when just two characters are talking to one another, you have to be, like, fully invested in it. Yeah, and that's because of the source material it's based on. It's just incredibly expansive, like I said in the intro. And what anyone should notice when they first enter this show is truly how spectacular it is. And I mean that in the truest sense of the word. It feels like Apple has decided to take all those wallpapers that they've been putting in the back of their MacBooks for so long, whether it be like uh, those cool mountaintops or when you go to the actual desktop wallpapers and you're able to like sort through all the volumes there and you're seeing the planets and stuff. Like this feels like it turned that into a TV show. Like Pirates of the Caribbean was based on a Disney ride. This show is based off of Apple wallpapers. <laughs> yeah, just based off of the special effects and I'd also just say the costumes and even music. It felt like I was watching a Marvel film at certain points. And I felt it like- It felt more expensive than a Marvel film to me it felt like this technology we haven't seen in a show yet you talk about game of thrones which came out 10 years was cutting edge with cgi did amazing things walking dead before that we've seen expanse try to test the boundaries on amazon and sci-fi but this raised by wolves also a little bit this if there were three shows that this reminded me mostly of it was expanse raised by wolves and his dark materials his Dark Materials, I believe, comes the closest to this type of CGI. Like, it's just a few degrees off. I think that the, the fact that they can pitch an eight-season show based on this story and who they've gotten behind it and who they, they cast, just, I, I think Apple knows they want to continue this no matter what, unless it is completely bombed. Right, and it, it, they, the person behind it who wrote this must be like a George R. R. Martin type or a J.R.R. Tolkien type. You've never heard of Isaac? No. He's one of the biggest sci-fi authors of all time. He's, like th These books came out in the 50s. Oh, okay, the foundations, yeah. It, the foundation series, and he was a professor of biochemistry at the same time. He wrote like 500 books. He responded to almost every fan letter that he ever got, over 100,000 of them. Wow. And uh, he was his own secretary, his own typist, his own indexer, his own proofreader. He was a smart guy. Isn't it strange that whenever we get these type of TV shows that deal with different planets, it's never just a TV show. Like, they're always based off of some type of book. Yeah, but this is the first sort of hard, hard science book that they've tried to adapt. Remember when Ender's Game, for the longest time, they didn't want to turn it into a movie because they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to show on screen with it? That's what the main fear was with this story because it takes place over a thousand years and it's kind of anthological from what the, the hold on you said this came out in the 50s because this is 1951 with, this yes. is dealing with stuff like climate change well see the thing is this new york times says this doesn't add up 
the they've added too much cliche stuff to it uh rolling stone says the new stuff doesn't make it better gizmoda ain't buying it either so it's got mixed reviews like they don't hate it they just find it like eh because what the the showrunners had to do was they had to really change a lot um and i'm not just talking about they flipped the gender gender of gale um but i i that's one of the few moves that like every place seems to love because she she does a good job i didn't even notice like all the all the acting is great in this yeah but as far as taking a story that was meant to be very sciencey and then adding drama to it that's what they kind of had to do so they had to invent a lot of storylines so that had me questioning since i never read the books storylines like in episode two when gail gets sidetracked where she's supposed to be in charge of a whole colony that's supposed to save earth right, right. and instead she gets distracted by one lady who wants to have a who's pregnant who wants to keep the baby and it just seemed like kind of an odd juncture when you're dealing with trillions of people's lives well she might be pregnant too right that's what happens about 20 minutes in no 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 no. she's not pregnant oh okay yeah she had like an uh ultrasound or or some sort of medical exam that was just checking they did say something about a zygote so i understand what you're, you're talking about but i think we should probably get into the original plot. <laughs> yeah. It's All right. pretty expensive. So in the first episode, the first thing we see is Terminus. And we're not talking about Walking Dead Terminus with cannibals and stuff. It's like a society on a planet that is, uh, it doesn't have a lot of resources available. It does have this weird vault that no one can get close to. And by vault, I mean like a hovering uh, spherical, like, or not even, it's not a sphere. It's, it's more like triangular. Yeah. And if you touch it which someone does at the very end of the episode they get a lot of information and uh yeah so we're not supposed to know too much about that then we get a zoom up and we hear narration from gail that's our main character and she's basically describing the past of how humanity uh almost lost everything i guess right and she she always uh, says numbers prime numbers because it helps calm her down and she's from a planet called synax or something and her planet is uh really religious they don't allow any sort of science or mathematics or anything like that that could question um like for instance they they're battling climate change of themselves they're finding that their waters are are getting too high and the seas are, are rising and so she like solved this uh, mathematical equation that she wasn't supposed to uh, solve and that gets her sort of a scholarship to go to the main planet or the biggest planet the empirical galaxy like hub i where guess where she can meet henry uh Selvin, that's where henry name. is like the biggest uh scientist that there is and he's coming up with this prediction paradox of um or probability paradox where no matter what anybody does we're all going to die. It just depends on how bad it's going to be for humanity. Like there's going to be a dark age, whether it's a thousand years or 35,000 years, depends on what they do right then and now. Right. But so no, this matter is very... what, no matter what the world's going to be destroyed, there's nothing they can do to reverse it. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> and he waits till she gets there to tell her this, of course, and then tells her that they're also going to be arrested on uh, charges of like heresy. The next and then, morning, yeah. And then that they'll probably be put to death. Mm-hmm. This happens. She goes into trial. She supports his findings in the limited amount of time that she well, has to look over his calculations. Yeah, but the one important thing is that uh, after, like, as she, because she's needing to say this in front of an audience, she's told the day before. Well, the, the courtroom is pub- publicly available. Like, they're playing it on Times Square, right, like the big, the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. But she's told by someone if his findings end up being true, we're going to kill you. If his findings end up being false, uh, we're going to kill him. 
Well, I think it's more complicated. It's like if his findings are true, you just tell us, but then you call it false and then we'll just kill him. But if you also say it, then we kill both of you. So like they're basically pushing her into a corner and they kind of find a way around it though. Cause she, she kind of defends him and says, Hey, if the emperors kill him and we haven't talked about the emperors yet, but if you guys killed this warning sign, basically, if you kill the only scientist who understands this and me, then we're, you're even screwed more than you would be. Otherwise, this will lead to rebellion. Uh, you'll be dead within the year. And so that leads them to kind of get, um, sent off to terminus, which is like years and years away, even with their technology that blasts them at the speed of, I don't even know what they go by black hole speed. (laughs) Like the way that she got there, she had to be knocked out, um, from her planet to, uh, to what was Trantor? Is that what it's called? I think it's Tantrum, right? Tantrum? I think so. I don't think it's Tantrum. Oh, Tranton. Sorry, Tranton. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brother Day, that's played by Lee Pace. We'll talk about the, uh, the Empire, I guess. Those are the clones. So the Empire is the imperialistic galactic, uh, like people he's based off some uh, dictator that existed thousands of years previously that cloned himself and now has three versions of himself constantly running the planet but there's the middle one day that always is the so like the younger version is um dawn then you have day and then you have dusk who's the old guy right uh so you have three versions of him always walking about and lee pace plays a another villain he's he's done that a lot well the thing is is that he he does not want to hear about henry at all so they have this big mural in this castle and this person has been cleaning this mural making sure it's looked good for decades upon decades and just because he's found with a book written by the henry selvin person he is put to death immediately but i think they did that just to kind of say don't fool yourself these characters are villains uh these emperors might at some point seem like they're uh a little understanding they're not as evil as like the emperor in star wars where he just wants to destroy everything and create chaos and have the dark energy rule everything in the force like be yeah but like these people are just interested in power they're very power hungry they're based they're cloned from a dictator so that's in their dna um that will never change all they want is for things to be peaceful around them because it benefits them so like at the end of the first episode, there's this huge terrorist attack after the trial of the her- heretic right, this is um, scientists, right? right yeah. And they blow up the giant space elevator that doesn't exist in the books. Another, so, <laughs> so you know how I was talking about the reviews and how like they kind of trashed the whole concept right. of taking this book and, and adapting it? Well, I'm reserving judgment. I've watched over two hours now of this program, but it is so complicated and there's just so much I know they put into it that I feel that it would be unfair to judge it solely based, especially since I haven't read the source material it's based on. But just from viewing the two episodes, I am unwilling to give it a rating yet. Really? really? But, but like, can you say if you liked it or not? See, that's the thing. I don't know yet. I, I need to see where it's going. And it might not be going anywhere. If they're running eight seasons, I might be really lost by the end. But right now... The first episode had a great ending, and it also had a ton of stuff happen, a lot of characters. It was hard to keep track, but I wrote some stuff down, and and it felt like I understood it. The second episode was way slower. It dealt with just them flying to Terminus, and then we got some of, like, the hunt for the terrorists back in um, with the Emperors. But mostly it dealt with Gale and her relationship with Raish and uh, her, her relationship with Henry the scientist. But then there's a cliffhanger at the end of the second episode where Henry, the main science dude who's predicting that the world will end and who never thought he would actually make it to Terminus, is murdered by his secondhand Raish. And right. the thing is, I have a prediction about that. So I, I, I want to hear what you say. I, well, okay, so 
I want to say first off that I found the second episode a lot like the grow from The Walking Dead, where when Raish and so uh, slow and until Gale, it got yeah fixed. when Raish and Gale were together, I was like, is this some Pandora CW show where it's like we're gonna have to really? See? So but you were that was, willing to just throw it into? Well, the bin. I mean, like I liked the first episode, but I was like, this is just all this. There's just a ton of scenes of them two talking, and I'm fine with. Characters. I agree. I the thing that pissed me off about their relationship the most though was that Gail is supposed to be from this really restrictive conservative like place that she just left. She right. just left it, so she's grown up her whole life with these strict rules in place. And suddenly she's an expert on relationships. Like she never would have had a boyfriend beforehand. And now she's all lovey-dovey with this guy. Like she had no confidence issues whatsoever. So it just didn't play realistic to me for a character that you set up to be so uh, closed off. And and so mathematical. And that was, yeah, that was was part of my problem. But then at the very end, she has this feeling where she's just like something obviously isn't well. She's in a pool, which she's she had that in the first episode too. She can like premonition of like something's wrong with the tower even before she saw she, the explosion. She's really good at it because yeah, she runs to the room of Henry and it seemed like Henry and Gail, it was going to be their show. Like it seemed like that was where it was heading and sure Henry might die later on in the season, but it seemed like we were going to get more scenes with them. I think your prediction is probably going to be that that wasn't Henry or something was wrong with him and, and it's not everything is as it seems. But yeah. It's I, not everything is as it seems, obviously. But yeah, when Raish stabbed Henry, I was like, oh, they're doing, they they wanted it to be slow. And then it just goes into this insane climax where they're running through uh, the spaceship at this point. Raish is kind of leading Gale through the spaceship. Right, Gale's like, what's going with on? His, with the knife that he just stabbed his boss with. Yeah, Henry's bleeding out on the ground. And then uh, like midway through the chase scene, the alarms are just blaring. And it's basically saying that Henry is dead at this point. Well, then, yeah, he, he basically sticks her into a, a tube and then she gets shot off and she's never going to reach terminus now right like it, she said in the narration <laughs> so now it all makes sense however here's the kicker the whole time in the first two episodes henry was talking about how he would bait people he baited her into showing up on the planet and then baited the people into getting them arrested he baited the emperors into letting them get like sent off to or uh, what do they they call it um exiled exile yeah. yes exactly uh, so everybody's game bait. He baited Raish in this episode a lot, like insulting. Oh yeah, him. no, there was the yeah. We should probably mention the dinner scene. So right he's very manipulative. But the thing is, here he went to the laundry people in the spaceship. I liked how the spaceship was set up. Everybody had their due tasks. And at first, when I thought they were being exiled, I thought it was just them in a spaceship. Yeah, me I was, too. I was like, I thought it was going to be like um, Interstellar, where there was only a small. But no, this is going to be like a full out. Like, they're doing community. simulations about what they're going to do. That when was they great get too. To that reminded Earth. me of Star Trek. But let me get to my point. Yeah, yeah. So Henry, right? He went down and he got his favorite shirt. Why did he want his favorite shirt? Because of that. Well, that ink stain on it. No, no, no. But why would he want that at this particular... Why is that so important to him that day? If they're going to be on a spaceship every single day. Well, he obviously wants it to be significant. So something to do with his death, maybe? Maybe he knew or maybe he planned the fact that he was going to die. Maybe this was all supposed to happen and it worked out the way he wanted. A la... uh, any of those other things where like you, you find out the murderer actually is the person who died. Like it was a weird suicide attempt and that race because race were led to believe in this episode. And I think it's like a false lead that he turned on his boss. Right. Because but at I, the dinner scene, uh, like, because he got angry with Henry. Him. Well, Henry is calling uh race's dad, like an alcoholic. And then race is like, no, that's not the case. He became an alcoholic when I left with you. And yeah. yeah so he's, and through either baiting him or because like he knew the end game, 
I think Henry wanted whatever happened to him to happen to him. I didn't him. think about it that way, but yeah. I mean, but, but I might be just completely off base. I think Gail is confused right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's just dodging asteroids in a tube sent off to who With knows breathable where. water. That was, I was like, okay. But Also, I have a theory about the vault too. Because okay. then at the very end of this episode, the second episode, we see, or is it kind of mid-tier of the episode? Anyways, uh, the girl 25 years later, 35 years later, and that in the Terminus planet, right. going up to the vault, able to actually touch it. And I think they say that like that is the thing that like ruined humanity right. or like it, I, it causes a destruction episode i thought oh okay <laughs> was it um my theory is that that vault holds all the secrets it's that encyclopedia because the way that they make they they create doomsday and they shorten it down to only a thousand years so humans can can get out of those dark ages faster is to create a big encyclopedia where everybody can learn about everything right yeah that was kind of their contrived method for it i think that when you touch that it's kind of like the tree of eden or whatever where like you eat the apple and that she's going to become all-knowing or whatever and then that's going to cause more issues than not. I was wondering if there's a possibility that, that you know how there was clones with the king? I was wondering if that's possibly a Gale clone on... Um, At first you were, I, I think, supposed to think maybe that is Gale, right? Because right, it looks yeah. like an older version. But at the same time, I think Gale is going to be throughout the, the entire first season. Well, I and think she's not going to go away or get like aged up super quickly. Well, that's my question. How many episodes is this season supposed to be? Because before I would have said 10, because that's usually what it is with Apple. But like with how fast the story is going, it could be something like six or eight. I think it's 10. I'm pretty ten? sure it's 10. Okay. Yeah. So then probably the pilot was mapped out in such a way where it was like, yeah, Henry's completely gone at this point. Yeah. And I said they have a long term strategy with this I, thing. Yeah. But like, again, the elevator that they that explodes that wasn't in, in, in the books. Well, and that's an awesome design. Like, let's talk about in the first episode, the parts that I liked. I like that weird alien creature that was able to, like, survive throughout that plasma force. When, when, when she was being shot from Synax to her, to, um, to Trenton or whatever. Yeah, Trenton, yeah. Yeah, and they had to put her to sleep, but that one floaty guy or girl was right, able to yeah. survive. I think she's human. I think that, like, because you remember those, like, weird articles where it's like, what will humans look like in a thousand or two thousand mm. years? I think that they've just adapted sort of like the Belters and Expanse to survive in space. Right, and uh, so I think that that floaty person was just a human that was able to do that. Well, I'm wondering if we're going to see any more species like that, or I if hope we're going so because it looks cool. Again. It did look also, cool. Also, yeah. also when they wrote this, apparently <laughs> David Goyer or whatever, um, he said, uh, like when he wanted to create that giant um elevator, right? Yeah, the space uh, tube. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be Alicia. they were like they're never gonna let you do this it's too much money <laughs> and he was like i don't care i want to do this and then they did and then the way that uh, lee pace describes it once it had fallen it's a little weird that two explosions caused the entire building to fall down right. like it was more 9 11 in that way and it was supposed to be and it's taking down yeah that. it's taking down uh king but Day's it loops around the planet statue. It loops around the planet and then goes deep into it. Like he's he's talking about a hundred million people dead, but he's like it it uh it, it literally vaulted around the planet. And the way that the dead bodies are kind of floating in space reminded me almost one hundred percent of Rick and Morty season three episode seven, the the Rake World or whatever. What's where that you... really spaced? Right? Is that that badge? No, that's the Simon Pegg show. What's yeah. the show with Hugh Laurie that came out a few years oh, ago? Oh, like Space Avenue 5 or yes, something? Yes, Avenue 5. <laughs> that one made a joke about the same thing where the dead bodies would kind of just encircle the ship with a gravitational pull. But this obviously had hundreds of thousands of people right. orbiting the planet that they need to get rid of. And Day wants those bodies. He's like, make that the top priority at the beginning of the yeah, second episode. He's, again, he's 
evil, but he understands how public perception needs to be on his side. That's part of the reason why he didn't kill the scientist to begin with. So he's not dumb. And also, Lee Pace just loves these roles. He just loves playing the bad guy. I mean, yeah, he's blowing up like two planets by the very end. The question is, is any of his clones, because it seems like the Dusk that guy is starting to second Sorry, guess. No, it loses a little bit, though. It also that's what he, That's what Lee Pace's character thought. But in my head, I thought he was just gaining some humanity. Kind of like the kid's version. Like the kid version of him and the older version of him seem the most humane, while Lee Pace's character is the angriest and the like harshest of all. Also, of it reminded me of Westworld because it has a robot like true, true. veteran. And, and, and they also <laughs> refer to the... The robot wars which is very much like raised by wolves right right yeah I, almost entirely I, I was wondering why the isaac asimov actually invented ro- the the term robotics but really yes because it's used in like vernacular every day now it is <laughs> but back then it was like this was a great term for it because his one of his books is i robot <laughs> i wonder why robots always have to when it's a tv show dealing with them like open up their skin <laughs> that happens in this yeah, episode too. Yeah, they does. always have to do something and then like re i did like it. how much complex wiring there was in her Versus a lot of the time, like with Terminator and stuff back in the 80s, when like the best we got were like a couple bars. We saw like, right, yeah. oh, wow, he's got metal in him. He must be. This one had like a lot of complicated and she stuff. Has, she has the Westworld device where it's like it can reseal, reseal or reheal skin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's sci-fi, so it's going to borrow a lot from other sci-fi. Overall, what would you give it? I mean, it, uh, it's it's so difficult because I I'm kind of where you were. It's like I almost don't want to give a rating, but then again, I really liked it, and I feel like people should watch it. But there were scenes where it's like I was starting to zone out just because of how much is going on. I give it, but I give it overall a nine. I will watch the rest of the season, and with just how the story's going, yeah, it seems like they could go for seasons upon seasons. Uh, but my thing is, is that. With, like, the finale, I think they're going to do kind of like a Game of Thrones where it's, like, for the first three finales, uh, uh, first three seasons of Game of Thrones, the finales always didn't really have a lot going on. That changed around season four where it's, like, they started to actually give story. But I think the finales here are going to be, like, more an epilogue, if anything, like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you don't think that, like, this is compared, been compared because it's only, like, 100 pages worth of source material for the first season. That it's sort <laughs> oh, wow. of like The Hobbit. Where it's like a lot of things have been filled in for you. Like they provide backstories that weren't in the original uh, books and stuff. And you think that that will play out by not having these giant finales or what? Right, yeah, exactly. I think they're either going to have something big happen, but like the big thing happened beforehand or or later on. It's like expanse in that way too, where it's like one of the seasons, I don't even think, finished the book and then some seasons finished like two books and just... It, as long know. as it doesn't end up like Game of Thrones, where it just gets where lost it halfway end. through. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you asked me, there's not a lot of times where we talk about the show before we actually start the podcast, but you asked me to look into Bear McCreary, uh, the guy who made the music because you recognized his name. He's done The Walking Dead, Happy Death Day, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Eureka, Caprica, Snowpiercer, the TV show, Playtest, the Black Mirror episode, God of War. So he's done a lot of like kind of independent They are not casting or putting anybody in charge of this show who hasn't had a proven track record. (laughs) That is what I learned even the first director was the person who did like Snow White and the Seven or the Huntsman one. Well, isn't it a Henry guy? Was he the guy from Chernobyl? I can tell. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jared, whatever his face is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where he's from. And then this the show, like for all mankind, right? It also likes to do very cinematic shots, and Apple just loves those, and, and I <laughs> yeah. love it too. I, I really wish that like Expanse was made now. Even though it was only made a couple of years ago, and I love that show, but I think it would be even even better looking if it was made now on this budget. Um, you can definitely get lost in the series sometimes, like you were talking about, where 
where you just stare at the scenes and, and it's too amazing. Like when she went into the apartment and then suddenly right. like it was just a regular looking like sci-fi apartment building and then she walks in and there's the window and it looked like uh, the, the TVA. Yeah. It looked like the TVA <laughs> was in the background that whole... I like, mean, just when they get to It put Disney's to shame. The Disney to shame for their CGI in that. Uh, so the other things I liked were like the themes of... First, you had the climate change stuff that I think if you're adapting a 50s book and you're still able to pull that from it and and make it such a big issue here like that great translation and then you have the religion the customs that come with that the fact that she had those little dots on her face that needed to be removed and then you have seers and then science versus politics there's a lot of lot going on here so if you're into that type of show and you're not overwhelmed by like an encyclopedic uh, <laughs> amount of information then definitely check it out my favorite line was the building will burn stealing is a mercy when they're in the library and it's a beautiful looking library but he's giving her this thing and she's like I don't want to take this from here right yeah it's the- like stealing is a mercy that it just that resonated a lot more than than say her relationship with Rachel. <laughs> Where they were just in the water a lot. Again, though, I think, that, I think that that was just them being like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be I think that's what, just wait. I think that's what Gizmodo was talking about when it was like, why add this part to it? Like, it's you guys are going over the top. Like, why are they in love right now? They've literally known each other, what, a couple weeks? I would only say watch it. There's been a lot of shows after the 200 that I've kind of gotten the pleasure of seeing that I think are just really, really good. And this is right up there with them. It has them. a 7.9 on IMDb. The first episode has an 8.6. The second episode has a 7.6. Huh. Well, no, I, I completely, I would agree with those ratings. Um, But we'll, we'll I'll check out the third one as well. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.